0: What time does it take in the 100 free to make the Olympic team next year?
1: Uh 5367.
0: Okay. How often do you guys do social kick at Florida? Once a,
1: once a season though. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Welcome to Social Kick. I'm Brian Lundquist. We got the full crew. Dr. John Mullen, Luke Paddington, and Natalie Hines. What's up, Natalie? How's it going? Hi, guys. Nice to see you guys. Hey, good to see you, too. All right. We got a few intro rapid-fire questions to start our conversation today. Okay, let's do it. What What is your favorite thing to do in this mega heat wave in the country right now?
1: Stay inside. (laughs) 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 and
0: Swim. All right. Natalie Portman or Natalie Cole?
1: Ooh. Oh, uh, Natalie Portman, because I I think, yeah, Natalie Portman.
0: Mm, I'm a big Natalie Portman fan, too. Okay, have you tried IG Threads?
1: How's your thread No, game? I'm not into that. It's, All right. I'm at the age where I think it's, like, beyond me now. I'm like, I don't want to do something.
2: <laughs> That's every social media for us.
0: <laughs> <laughs> too old for Threads. All right, and yeah. the last one, best performance you've seen at Worlds this week?
1: Jack Alexi, for mm. sure. Yeah. Callahan's been killing you get picked it, yeah. from the 50 or the 100 free but i think the 100 free because that's like his first medal mm-hmm. at worlds um, uh, like individually and um second obviously 50 is really cool as well but 100 is it's hard to do three 100 frees in a row so that's definitely the swim
0: legit yeah that's true speaking of um what what can you learn from and how impressed were you with uh molly o'callahan's 100 free world record
1: I mean, you guys understand this, but I don't think the normal person understands how crazy her splits are, especially her second 50. Like, that's what we all dream about. And uh, that obviously is the most impressive thing to me. Obviously, her final time is amazing as well. But to be able to swim less than a second than your first 50, which is where you dove in, is actually crazy. So... That is what I take from it. Um, I've also been looking at, like, when they breathe, how often they breathe, things like that. Mm -hmm. And I know, you know, everything works different for everybody. Mm -hmm. But um, I had the honor of, like, being on um, our Antipas' team for ISL. And uh, just kind of, like, seeing how they train was really cool as well. But they know how to, like, stick with it, y'all, especially the last (laughs) 15 meters, which is, like, my Achilles heel. So I definitely have been trying to take notes in that in that part of the race
2: it's that dean boxall energy you got to get some mm-hmm. of that in a nesty yeah, yeah. i'm not seeing that out of nesty not gonna lie
1: nesty has that <laughs> he has that intensity and it's really crazy because if you look at him and you like kind of observe him he's just a quiet dude he's like in the corner um but like he can get so fired up and it's like once he raises his voice you're like yep whatever he says i'm gonna do it i'm not gonna ask any questions <laughs> but it happens so infrequently that. When it does happen, you're like, okay, he like actually really means it. So he's intense, just in a very quiet way.
0: It's so funny to me because um, my exposure to Nessie, I haven't had much, um, as a competitive swimmer other than recruiting. Cause I remember when Nessie came and sat in my living room and it was, it was very stoic, right? He did an insight or like an in-home recruiting visit and he just came and sat down he sat in my living room and he goes, all right, so you guys have any questions? And he was just very quiet the whole time. But then, you know, every gosh, countless number of swimmers who have gone to Florida um, or swam with him or had exposure to him have just been glowing about, like, the relationship that they have with him or, like, the fact that there are these kind of other sides of his personality that you don't see from the outside. So it's um, yeah. It's just, uh, I feel like, you know, that's that's kind of how it should be with a coach, is that you've yeah. got this like rapport and like, you know, maybe it's it's something special that you see that, that everybody else doesn't get to see. That's yeah, you know, how it is.
1: Yeah, it's, he's a
2: cool dude. Not I have um, I
3: have a personal story about Anthony, and it's going to segue to a question for you, Natalie. Um, so I'm from Caribbean, and uh-huh. I first met Natalie when I was 14 years old, and we were in my first national team, 1988. I'm an old man. And Anthony showed up with his gold medal at the Hilton Hotel, and we got to meet him, shake hands, take pictures, get his, he had a little postcard with his medal, you know? And it was really inspiring for me, because I just made my first national team, and I realized that somebody from Trinidad, Anthony's from Trinidad, answering, I'm from Trinidad, can can get to the highest level in the sport. And maybe made me believe that even though I have crappy pools and, and not much resources, you could get there if you put it to it. and Anthony was that inspiring person for me. Um, you know, it was representation from a small Island point of view. Right. Yeah. It's, 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 there's something about Anthony that inspired you to move back to Florida. Um, you know, besides his demeanor, his expertise, his, 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 his amazing coaching ability that got you to go back recently.
1: Yeah. That's actually a really good question because, um, I didn't foresee myself going back to Florida when I came home from the Olympics and I like, obviously still lived in Athens, Georgia. Um, but I obviously knew my time at UGA was up because it was like, you know, the end of a cycle people, half of us were moving on with our life. Most of them were not swimming again, but I was like, you know, I'm going to keep going. Cause like, I've wanted this to be my job forever. And I think I decided to move back to Florida because of my, um, well, I guess if you want to call it a rekindling of a relationship, like at the Olympics, um, I obviously feel super comfortable with him before that because he, was my coach at Florida when I did fly and, you know, like just the rotation of groups. Um, and he was always the quiet one. And to be honest, he reminds me of my dad. Cause my dad is very quiet, very reserved, very intense as a person, mm-hmm. but like, he's not going to yell. He's not going to get mad. And when he does like, he's really mad. So uh, that kind of helps too. Um, just like that familiarity, but yeah. I like a calm coach and Jack Bowerly mm. is the same way. He's a calm mm. coach. I don't like mm. being yelled at. And, um, you know, I've been yelled at in the past for things that I didn't think I needed to be yelled at. And mm-hmm. my personality is to just shut down, get really angry and shut down. And that doesn't help me in any facet of life, especially trying to swim fast. So that really, I was like, mm. I want to move back. I want to move somewhere where I'm already familiar. And that was familiar to me. And not to mention the amount of help that he gave me. Yeah. at the olympics like during yeah. camp um it's crazy at camp uh especially like at the olympics everyone is so uptight everyone is like if this practice doesn't go well like i'm not gonna swim well and i was i was in a very interesting position because again i was like a rookie but i also was 27 so i was mm. going through a, a multitude of just trying to walk this tight rope and he really helped me walk that tightrope with just like bringing things back to perspective. And when he tells you something, it's objective. It's not like, you know, this. He's just talking like this is what you need to do. This A plus B will equal C. At the end of the day, no matter how you get there, this is what you have to do. And that's how mm-hmm. I respond the best. So, in mm-hmm. the in that aspect, that's why I came back. And I also just didn't want to like learn a new program. Um, But you know, when I walked in the door the first day, I was like, look. I'm getting older, so I trust you, but you and I are gonna, you know, have to have communication because I'm not yeah. 20. Um, I was like, I'm not doing stadiums if that's what you I was gonna do. <laughs> um, I was like, that's my biggest thing. I was like, I am not going in that stadium and I am not of a
3: stadium too. Students. Huh? It's a hell of a stadium to do then as well.
1: Yeah, so, yeah. I'm not walking up 90 steps and walking back down. Like, I'm just not going to do it. But that was, like, my only thing. But everything else, I was like, look, like, I trust you. I know what I'm getting myself into. Um, but, yeah, that's the thing. Like, it's a puzzle. It's an ever-going puzzle. And sometimes you have the right pieces and sometimes you don't. And yeah. So that's kind of the allure with swimming at such a high level. It's like, oh, what else can you do? Um, but, yeah, that's why I came back. That's a long yeah. answer. But that's, no, no, it's good. you know, the things that I thought about. Before moving back, it. it I want to know
3: how that. So when Anthony swam in eighty eight and ninety two, before he was when he was on the blocks, when he won in eighty eight, we got a bronze in ninety two. He was very calm and collected and reserved, and he was known as one of the hardest workers. Put his head down, did the work. Has that attitude you just described as a coach helped you as a swimmer behind the blocks in races to settle yourself, ground yourself, etc.
1: Yeah, because like you have a coach who's done it. And he obviously knows what it takes to do it. So why would I not listen to him so that I can do it, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, that approach of being really calm and just, like, very grounded in what you're doing, no matter what the set is, what's going on out of me, what the stakes are, is, like, very helpful. Um, I'll tell you guys a funny story. So last summer, worlds or World Trials was super early. Y'all know, like, in April or something like that. And uh, we do this set every day or not every day sorry we do this set very frequently it's eight fifties hmm. um, from the blocks all fast uh four on two minutes two on 130 two on one minute and we'll do it however many rounds depending on the season and it's really hard like when i hear that's the set for the day i'm like oh, I hate this set. but it's such a good set because if you don't feel well you still have to swim it like it it's like Mm. you're always going from a dive and on one side you don't have blocks and so that's like you need to go the same time even with or without blocks so it's just a really really tough set and i think it was like one of our few times right before we started tapering and he was inside so we're in the outside pool and it was quiet because everybody was like you know taper's almost there but you're not there which is the worst place to be (laughs) in Yeah, and he just comes outside like screaming, like obviously not a bad way but he's like, we're not getting beat this summer, we're not tired and everybody just like, you know, you get revived you're like, okay, yeah, yeah and like everyone had like such a good set and he just was able to change the mood Um, and those are the things that like I like him for like he just tells you like, look if you don't want to get beat this summer, this is what you have to do and you know what if it doesn't work out, at least you know you gave 100% um and so those are the things that like inspire me about him is that he yeah. is calm when he needs to be but if he senses that like he needs to be the cheerleader like you'll see a burst of energy and then he'll go back to his class
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh, talk about inspiring as well you've you've worked you've worked um along so- with two of the um few black head coaches in internet swimming leah martinez and now anthony mm-hmm. um yeah. That is extremely um, sad, in my opinion. That there only are two. I think I don't know if Leah's associate head coach now at LSU, but um, but yeah. in fact they only two, um, and it's really important that we have that representation at the coaching level to begin with. Can you talk about that of how that's that's um, especially for yourself as a swimmer, where you know they're, they're, you're a minority in, in, on the pool deck, um, and to have that that um, allegiance and alignment um, with your head coach. How's that affected yeah. you and helped you?
1: Well, I'll be honest with you guys, uh, when I was little and, like, going through the ranks of swimming and trying to swim fast, I'll be honest, I didn't even, like, look around and see who else was on deck that looked like me because I was so, like, hell-bent on getting first. Like, I yeah. honestly didn't care. And um, it wasn't until I got older, like, obviously through quarantine and George Floyd, which started the Black Lives mm-hmm. Matter movement... Mm-hmm. Was I able to like reflect because I stayed at home for three months. So I had a lot of time to reflect because my parents, they live in rural Alabama. So I had a lot of time to sit on the porch in my rocking chair and just kind of like ponder like <laughs> what, it, what is my platform in this sport? Because like I need, you know, what have I done and what do I need to do? Right. So to answer your question in college, um, I think subconsciously I went to Florida because I saw people who looked like me uh, in, a, in a coaching role. Right. I don't think I I actually thought that, like that wasn't a thought that crossed my mind, but I think I gravitated towards that because mm-hmm. y'all probably know this. I'm from Midland, Texas. Mm-hmm. I was like the only black person of few and mm-hmm. it only became more and more as I was, like, went up in the ranks. So I think being able to see people at that level and knowing the history of how they swam and going to the Olympics, like I was like, I feel comfortable that I will get that type of support that I need if anything racial or if I, you know, anything like that comes my way. Thankfully it didn't, Um, but yeah, subconsciously I think it played a big role. And, um, you know, water is not discriminatory. So if you swim fast, you swim fast. And so Nessie and I talk about it sometimes, maybe towards the beginning of the season. Like, you know, like I'm swimming fast for myself. And I'm swimming fast for my country, but I'm also swimming fast for like minorities that may not know how to get where I am. Um, and like you said, the he is so inspiring because he came from such a small pool, yeah. li- literally and figuratively, but he came from such yeah. a small pool and was able to go to the Olympics multiple times. He's able to win the Olympics in such a crazy, inspiring fashion. Um, But, like, people in, like, say, inner city DC, they have no idea how to even begin to get there. Um, And so he has helped me realize, like, what else do I want to do with my career and my platform while I am in it, while the irons are hot. Um, So, yeah, it's been, like, a really interesting journey on, like, you know, when I first met him versus our relationship now, because I'm so much older and I, you know, have established a platform and he's always willing to help me. and you know, anytime I'm like, hey, I'm going to do a clinic or hey, I'm going to do this. Obviously training will be taken care of, but he's always a supporter of that because you never know who you can inspire. And I know he's inspired so many black and brown people to swim. So he's very, very supportive of that. And that's one of the reasons he inspires me as well. Leah as well, but she's not there with me right now. But yeah, we still keep in Mm -hmm.
3: touch. Leah's awesome. Um, Mm -hmm. She inspired me. I swam alongside her. uh, Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but you, you, I'm going to date Thank you for sharing that. And I want to date mm-hmm. this podcast a little bit. Yesterday, um, there was a, at Worlds. the hundred flight to me was a momentous occasion. Um, and remind me of Anthony, um, when he saw him in 88 and he stood on that podium as the only, as a, as a black man. And then two white men, um, next, mm-hmm. um, in 2015, you did something remarkable with Leah and Simone first time in celebrity history. For those who are listening, there were three black athletes on the podium and you know, no matter, but yesterday. Diary was Dari came second, Josh came third. I don't know when last, if ever, we've had on a world's podium two black athletes medal. And I'm glad we're starting to see a little bit more of that. You think of when Tony won, when Maritza won, when Simone won. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Um I think that's already important. Um to do this. So so when are we gonna see you and Simona on, on the podium? One, two.
1: <sighs> I don't know. It's either gonna be this next All time right. or it's gonna be never. But um <laughs> I think going to your point about Simone and I on the podium um, yeah. at the Olympics, when we were able to get third and yep. stand on the podium, I mean, it's obviously a, such a small time you're standing there in that moment. It's like, I don't know, three to four minutes. Um, mm-hmm. And I was so overcome with emotion selfishly because like, I was just trying to make the team. I never saw myself being on a finals relay and standing on a podium with a medal. So all of that was just like, it was just overload of emotion for me. But when I look back at the pictures, I'm like, wow, there's really yeah. two black half of our relay is black, which is super, super cool. And yep. um I would say only at like age 26, 27 was I am I able to like be self-aware enough to like yeah. notice things like that. And I I mean it could be like sad, but I also I'm glad I finally got to that point where I realized that. And like you said, in 2015, unfortunately, I was only worried about the next relay because we weren't done swimming. So to me, I was just like, oh, I got third. And like, oh, Leo beat me yeah, by 0.05. Like so I, that's why I was upset. And then I remember subsequent days after that, I was overcome with emotion because I felt overwhelmed that everyone was making a big deal out of it. And I was on the phone with my dad. Um, there's a really, really cool, uh, radio show called the Ricky smiley show. Mm-hmm. And he's like a really, really famous radio host. And so I was on there not I was on there, but I was mentioned on there. And like, I was just like, Dad, I don't understand. Like why everyone's still talk- talking about it. <laughs> and you probably can imagine like my dad, uh, his birthday was actually yesterday. Um, <laughs> he just turned 69. So he has dealt with his share of, you know, struggles, um, racial disparity, all sorts of things. And so you can imagine how he feels that his daughter just said that. (laughs) He was not the happiest, but it was a learning experience for me. And I think now I'm able to appreciate that. And that's why I understand like, what can I do for others to come after me? Because I mean, I see a lot of, um, I see a lot, not a lot of, a lot more black people at pro series. Um, and USA swimming, doing things to reach out to like boys and girls clubs and like exposing them to these things like, Hey, this is possible. So, um, (laughs) yeah, like the podium and being at the Olympics, it's definitely, I'm very grateful that it was me who was the fourth black person to make an Olympics team. Mm -hmm. I hope not to be the last, um, but we're starting to like trend in the right direction.
0: So what, um, what does the ideal end of a career look like for you? What are you still swimming for?
1: So that's a good question. My mom asked me that the other day. She's like, why are you still swimming if you reach all your goals? I'm like, I mean, I feel like any elite swimmer is not the type of person to reach a goal and be like, cool, nice. Mm-hmm. I'm done. Like that's not how I was, that's not how I'm wired. So an ideal end of, um, Career for me would just to be inner peace would be knowing that I've done everything I've done to make the team, make my goals, reach my goal times, things like that. Um, a good example of that is making this path team. Um, mm-hmm. I know I did everything I could. I mean, I that's the first time in my career and my life that I was like, I turned every stone over. To get to where I'm at, and it happened to work out for me. So, and I know what that feels like. So that's what that's the feeling I want to get when I'm done with, you know, when I hang my goggles up and I'm done. Um, so yeah, that's how I would. That's that's how I would ideally like to leave the sport. Either way, it's gonna be sad, but that's how I'd like to leave.
0: Yeah. Well, that resonates a lot with me as well because um, you know my my career peaked probably two or three years before I retired, and it didn't end you know great, and it that happens for a lot of people. But when you're yeah. in it, it's hard to remember that. But I do know for sure that my last season of training, I was the strongest, the fittest in the pool. I mean, I did everything right, literally everything I could have done. Um, I knew when I you know kind of went to Olympic trials that that was the I had done everything. Yeah. And uh, and so I was able to walk away with with that piece. It was still disappointing, but it was going to be sad either way. And so Yeah, it's going to be sad either way. You know, um, and, but that satisfaction, the inner satisfaction is is a different satisfaction than, you know, podium medal satisfaction. That's cool too. I mean that that is yeah. fun, but um yeah, good for you. That's awesome. Thanks.
2: Now, yeah, looking I- at this past year, I'm I'm curious, you know, like you said you've been you've been at this for a while. Um, if we look at just some of the times, you know, it may come off as, you know, a disappointing season or maybe not where you wanted it to be. But yeah. what, what are some of those takeaways or learnings and positives that you're taking away from World Champ Trials and, and how you did?
1: So obviously disappointment is like the first and the foremost. And um, obviously I wanted to make the team and, um, you know, everybody wants to make the team. That's why we go to World Trials. But I guess as you get older and like not many people are in the sport who are approaching 30 or who are 30, I learned this from Melanie Margalis, who is now at SMU. Um, I trained with her. She was an amazing – she is, not was. She is an amazing friend and was an amazing teammate. And one of the things I learned with her, because she was approaching 30, she went to trials when she was 30, is that like – as you get older, you you realize you physically like can't train how you were when you were 20. Like no stadiums. the grind. Yeah, no stadiums. <laughs> the grind and you know, all of that, you still do it, but recovery becomes truly number one. Mm-hmm. Um and it's almost like I said earlier, like it's a puzzle. And that's the allure and the frustration with getting older and swimming, is that what worked for me, what I'm finding out what worked for me on the road to Tokyo doesn't necessarily yield the same results as it does now. Like my morning routine, the things I'm eating, the way I warm up, like it's not, I'm not feeling the same as I did before. Mm-hmm. And it took me, this season is like, that's my biggest realization, I guess, to answer your question. Um, mm-hmm. So the thing to do now is to not completely start from scratch. Cause like, obviously I have so much experience. Like I'm not a novice, but, um, what are things I can tweak? Like, how can I change my weight program? How can I change my approach to practice? How can I recover better? Um, I only just got a Normatec for my legs. Like two months before trials. And I was like, this is the best thing ever. And everyone's like, how do you not have one? I was like, (laughs) I just, I just wasn't able to get one. And so it's just small things like that, that truly to me make a big difference. Um, Mm -hmm. so yeah, those are like the biggest takeaways. Um, obviously I was disappointed. I, I really wanted to swim faster and I thought I would swim faster. Um, but there are things to take away. Life still goes on. Uh, the sun comes up and it goes down, uh, if you make it or if you don't. So it's just a time to like reset. Um, I went back home. I spent a little bit of time in Gainesville. I went back home right now. I'm at home with my family, just like really regrounding myself for the next nine months. Cause you know, it's like, once I go back to Gainesville, like it's time to, it's time to like put my plan that I've been formulating on my time off back into action. So hopefully it works out next time.
2: Yeah. I was uh, chatting with Brandon Fisher, who's in his thirties and still going after the hundred, 200 breasts, working a full-time job. And, you know, we talk um, and, you know, we've had to change his training program so much based off of, you know, his work and just stressors there. But like you said, just just how you change as you get older. and, And one thing that really hit home was, you know, you know, so much, but almost, you know, so little because, what did work is changing or maybe not working yeah. as well. So having mm-hmm. to figure out what's still working, what's not working and be comfortable making some changes that, you know, you're not sure if they're going to work or not, despite how long yeah. you've been doing this for.
1: Yeah. hundred percent. And I think, um, like you said, Brian, like your, your last season, you're the strongest you had been and you knew it. You're the fit- most fit you had been. Um, that's how I feel. I'm like, Like, I love lifting weights, and, like, I was the strongest I was in the weight room. It's just really, like, slowing it down and trying to figure out, like, how can I convert that to the pool? Like, is it something within my technique or just things like that? So that's going to be, like, really my biggest area of focus this season is starting slow because there's always time, especially at Florida Mm -hmm. with the way that we train. There's I will be in shape at some point. (laughs) Um, So it's just really, like, technique and, like, getting – getting things together that way.
0: I was curious specifically about your taper this season. Cause that's something that when it comes to coaching changes or training group changes is as a swimmer for me, it was always on my mind of understanding and having that trust that, the that ultimately the performance is going to come together, that like coach has a plan and that we have a plan and that you know, yeah. even though I feel like garbage on today, or you have that like pre taper anxiety, or I still feel like crap, Um, or maybe you feel great or, I don't know if you feel great, it's usually, usually going to be a good thing. But, um, but a lot of times for me when it didn't go well, I was just like, it wasn't coming together. i never got sharp. (laughs) Um, I'm just curious if there's anything like, as you kind of, uh, take the learnings from this season and look forward, what, what was it specifically about kind of this, this taper, you know, with a different training environment, were there any indicators that you could look to and go, okay, like, this worked for me as a younger Natalie, maybe that's something that I need to try to find or this, this type of work during taper or, you know, too much, too little. Are there any, are there any specifics that you can take away from this past season?
1: Yeah, definitely. I, I actually am like really blessed because I was tap I was at Florida last season for world trials. And mm-hmm. when I did make it and slam three of four best times, I think. Yeah. And, um, and then there's this season where I didn't make it and didn't swim to the best of my ability. And I actually really like our taper. It's it's different than I normally or have tapered in the past because um, it's still really hard, if that makes sense. And like, it's, we call it like a machine. Like if you if you fall in line with the machine and you trust the machine, it'll work out. And by machine, I mean like, the training plan when we go fast you know it's the second tuesday of the month so we can expect this type of set like it's those types of things and so with taper it doesn't really change until obviously like that week week and a half before where we don't really do anything crazy but i can't really pinpoint anything because i mean i love our, our taper that most people don't say that but one thing i've learned about taper I, I'm going to hate to say this because like younger listeners are going to be like, what? But when I was in college and I was training with Troy, I used to get so mad if I thought something was like too hard. Um, can you guys still hear me? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I used to get so mad if something was so hard, I'd be like, oh, it's going to blow my taper. Or I, I can't walk down the street. It's going to blow my taper. Um. When that's not necessarily the point of taper. Yeah. Like you have to get out of this mind this mindset that Taper is like easy, like everything's easy. Yeah. Um, and so once I got out of that mindset and got into the mindset of like Taper is preparation to go fast, like everything seemed more palatable, like when mm-hmm. we would go fast and it would hurt, I'd be like, okay, did I breathe where I want to breathe? Am I set up in the pool where I want to be set up in the pool? Am I making my move where I think I need to make my move? So mm-hmm. once I switched my mindset to that, like I was fine and training with someone like kieran smith is perfect for me because (laughs) he's gonna hate me for saying this but kieran is so confident like he's obnoxiously confident but like i want to have it yeah um and you know i remember like we finished like i think it was like the 850 set or one of our our like uh benchmark sets and i was like worried and I, i was worried because i was so tired and i was like should i i was like should i be this tired and he's like Nat, going hard is fast. And I was like, that's all I need to hear. Like, so TAPER is not necessarily about being easy. Like, everything's not easy. And so to answer your question, yeah, I think I did everything I could with TAPER. I don't think there was anything that I was missing. Because um, I did feel good. I think the mental aspect of swimming is obviously so important, sometimes more important than the physical. So that could have been lacking in my preparation, like right up until the meet. Um, But as far as physically and the taper was concerned, um, I felt great. And I felt like I was prepared on that front. So yeah, I think it's just a mindset thing.
3: And that's really good advice because I was such a primo doma when I tapered. I'm like, I can't do right. stairs. We
1: can't go yeah. to this restaurant. No, no, no.
3: I can you get me that milk? <laughs> I was, I was. Yeah. Mindset. yeah. Thanks for that advice. Good advice. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. I was too because I compete in triathlon now, and it's like totally different. You know, you have to do volume. It's like totally. I mean, I was yeah. a sprinter in the pool, and then do you know these like you know hours long races and tape. Ta- my concept of taper is completely different now, mm-hmm. and it yeah, is about the to, work. Like, finish that you're the doing. race. It's about specific work. It's not about just resting. But as a swimmer, I was the I was the elevator everywhere guy. So, Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) well, it's like, hey, we're gonna
2: taper, and the coach is like, "All right, taper one percent easier." And the swimmers are like, "It's gonna be fifty percent easier." It's like, no, it was easier one percent easier.
1: (laughs) Yes, that's a perfect example. It's like, but I will say there is a point in taper where you're in this like weak period where you're like, I don't need to be doing this much, and you have to really calm yourself down because you're almost in taper but you're not there yet and so it's just easier to focus on doing what you're given correctly and obviously sitting here in a chair saying that is easier said than done <laughs> sure. um cuz i mean i'm 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 so mental like when i'm confident there's nothing that can stand in my way and when i'm not confident the world is ending and so i just walk a tightrope all the time with like calming myself down during that that time period specifically like not nah, chill yeah. out like you yeah. have like five weeks like you're fine um so <laughs> <laughs> it is ju- it is a mental thing it's is- some people fa- fare we- fare better with it than others but yeah, yeah it's it's a mind game
2: yeah, we'd love to learn more about the groups that you are training with and at Florida. I know you mentioned you know, someone with Kieran Smith, and I think a lot of listeners will be like, wow, you're training with Kieran, he's doing the 400 and these things. <laughs> we know obviously about the Florida distance crew right now with Fink and Ledecky. We know yeah. the Florida men's NCAA Sprint Group is killing Auburn mm-hmm. and uh, the NCAA here. <laughs> uh, that was sorry, a day. But, sorry, I had to throw it in there. <laughs> so maybe tell us a little bit about kind of the pro training dynamics, where you fit into the mix, and yeah. uh, the personalities in there.
1: Yeah, so being a pro really doesn't mean anything in terms of training because we're all together, like with the college team, unless you have your midseason meets, SECs, NCAAs. Um, you know, some dual meets or whatever, like we'll get a choice to swim in the meet or swim and practice before the meet. So those are really the only differences. I also don't have to go to any of those meetings that the kids have to go to, which is really nice. Um, yeah, I call them kids now because yeah. Yeah, they're so. like 18 and I'm like almost 30, which is crazy. But, um, that's how we fit in as far as a training dynamic. So we already obviously have our groups. Um, Most of the time we warm up together. Sometimes we don't. Sometimes we warm up in the group we're going to be in the whole practice. But we always usually warm up together um, and then split off into depends on the day. uh, Sprint, middle distance, distance. And, you know, there's a couple of hybrids in there. Like sometimes I will do like this year. um, I did. Well, it's better is a better example last year. So before Worlds, like, that season, Caleb and I would do a week with mid, a week with sprint. A week with mid, a week with with sprint. So I kind of liked that because – not that sprint wasn't a challenge. Like, it's all hard, but it's just, you know, you're with different people. There's just different things going on. And, like, I'm a better trainer than I was, but I'm not the best trainer. And, like, some of those girls, you know, they're, like – killing me in these mid-distance sets so it's like very good to be humbled every once in a while even though you're you know like as a pro because like I have the mental that like yeah none of these girls should beat me and that's not a dig at any of the girls it's just like none of them should beat me for myself you know so you know we're there's a sprint group definitely um and there's staples in the sprint group like a lot of the boys on sprint relays are in that group some of them will go depending on the set that day to mid distance group. And then there's the poor people who are hybrids of mid distance and distance who have to be in distance some days. Um, but that's kind of how the dynamic goes. And as far as personalities, there is a lot like that's why I'm so, so glad that Caleb's back because he is such a big personality and one that's so positive. Um, and not, like, when he was gone, wasn't dismal, but he just adds a different element of, like, just wild jokes and just, like, a really, really innocent perspective. Um, as I said before, Kieran is a very loud personality, and he's just so blunt as a person that I admire him. Um, Katie is, like, by far done the most growth. I'm so proud of her because <laughs> Uh, If you've ever talked to Katie, she's, like, so good socially. She's really Mm. good at interviews. like. But as a person, she's pretty quiet, like, pretty reserved. Mm. Um, And when I moved to Florida, she had been there for maybe, like, a month or two, and she was, like, pretty quiet. Mm. And I remember the first day she, like, threw a joke back at one of the boys. Like, everyone was like, oh, my goodness. And so now she's, like, you know, she's able to, like, voice what she wants. Like, if she, you know, if she wants to call someone out, she will. She doesn't do that very often, but... um, it's nice to see her come out of her social shell. Um, and then there's me, who will give it to you straight all the time. I'll add spice to it. If I don't want to talk to you, I won't talk to you. Um, so there's a lot of things going on, and I love it. I I And, you know, as we're with the college kids, there's even more personalities in there. Right. But, like, as a pro, I feel like it's my responsibility to – that's also why I came back, but also to help the college kids – And the girls more specifically with, you know, any problems that they're having, um, whether it be not even swimming, just like juggling, being away from home for the first time or juggling like a problem that they have. Um, And so it's been, it's been really cool. I enjoy it. Uh, I try not to let it consume me because I'm like an all in type of person. So if if someone tells me a problem, I'm like following up. I'm like, did you do this? Did you? I'm like. Nat, you don't have to do that. Like, this is not your life. You have your own things to worry about. So I try and like walk that tightrope again. So I love it. It's definitely something different every day. And um, obviously, like sometimes during like a Christmas training, it gets like hard and everyone's, you know, kind of at that like 1% level, (laughs) but we try and help each other because you know, somebody's worst day is somebody else's best day. So we are all there for each other.
2: When I was kind of putting this question together of the groups and the sprinters, as odd as it is, I I didn't even think of Caleb. I think obviously where he's kind of at right now. It's, you know, for us that follow the sport so much, we're we're kind of not sure what's going on. Mm -hmm. Can you give us a little insight on maybe, like you said, how it's affected the group or
1: how that's been this, uh, I guess, last six months with him? Yeah, yeah. Obviously being like perfect to his his, uh, privacy, I don't want to like give, you know, speak for him, but um yeah during his time off like throughout this whole like i want to say situation i guess everyone's been so supportive of him um and you know your mental health is your mental health and whatever you need to do is whatever you need to do and that's something that nesty really preaches to us like if you feel that you don't need to do this you're a pro and you can do whatever you want like you're you know you're here because you want to be here anyway so if you need a day or a week, or however long, then that's fine. Um, So, yeah, I mean, like, people stayed in touch with him while he wasn't swimming, and when he came back, it was just, like, such a nice buzz on the pool deck, Um, because he is just such a dynamic personality. He's such a great person. Um, And, yeah, like, the whole swimming thing is, like, it's whole other entity. Like, however he wanted to tackle that, that's his business, but when he was in the pool with us, like, it was just like before he before we went to Worlds or anything like that. So, um, you know, he does what he needs to do for his mental and his life outside the pool. Um, and he just seems so much happier and so much uh, looser. And, like, obviously he's the same person. So, you know, he's older, too. So it's nice to, mm-hmm. you know, see him grow. Because I met him when he was 18 and I was 20, I think. Yeah. and (laughs) and so it's been really cool to have friends and have a friendship that's that long that old and like there's just so many different versions of a person myself included and so um having him back has been the best and being at world trials like not knowing to expect from him and same for himself he's like i don't know what's gonna happen um it goes back to what i said before um I asked him, I was like, did you do everything? Did you do what you thought you could? Like, did you give hundred percent? And his answer was yes. And so we both nodded and we're like, okay, well then, you know, a new season's coming up and we have new goals and things like that. So it's pretty much the same approach. Like if you need the break, take it. Obviously with my story, I'm all for a break. I took a two year break. And so I'm all for anyone who needs to take a break.
0: Hey, Natalie, you gave us a glimpse of this a few minutes ago when you were talking about how you show up for your teammates and how you kind of take that on yourself. But, um, you know, we all met through swimming and the background on our show is that I got connected to Luke when I first moved to California. And then, you know, we kind of the the sport of swimming connects people. And Mm -hmm. the way that we get connected to guests is that we ask every guest off mic, off camera at the end of the show, Who is really great in their network and who do they recommend that we talk to? I would say 90% of our guests are come about through that sort of recommendation. And I'm not kidding when I say this. Probably 50% of the, at least the women that we've had on this show, but it's been a lot of guys too. Say the answer to that question is Natalie Hines. (laughs) and it's Love, been so thanks, overwhelming <laughs> to us that i told you via email it's like it, it it's become a running joke until we have this conversation <laughs> that yeah like everybody is recommending natalie hines it might be a That's hard question cool. to answer for you but why do you think that is
1: yeah that is a hard question um i don't a short answer i don't know but if i gave it some thought here in like two seconds um i would say I find that, like, growing up, I don't know if it's because of our country, and it's a very fast-paced country. So, like, for instance, people say, good morning, good morning, how are you? Good, how are you? Good. And that's, like, a very common, like, interaction with anyone. Grocery store, person on the street, whatever. And I find that that, like, really annoys me. (laughs) So as my personality, I think I just really listen to when people are talking to me and i've been told i have a really good knack for making people feel like they're the only person that i am focused on like there could be a lot of people in the room but like they feel like they're really heard when when they're talking to me so once i heard that i was like okay you know that's how i would want to feel Like, uh, Vaisal is really good at that. She is really good at being, like, the busiest person on the planet, but when you're talking to her, you would never guess that she has so much stuff piling up behind her, because she's, like, here for you in the moment. Um, so I think that's a a big reason why, like, people hear, people feel, like, heard when speaking to me. Um, I think I'm witty, funny, and, uh, yeah, I think that's also a big proponent. Like, I'm I love to make people laugh. Um, I think I have a very funny personality, a very open personality. I will always offer how I'm feeling, regardless of if someone asks for it or not. Um, and I think those are like the, the few big reasons why. And last Worlds, I was like, you know, I was like really hoping to be captain because I I was like, mm, I really want to put this. I just wanted to, I wanted to put it on my resume first and foremost, but Mm -hmm. I also wanted the confidence of feeling like people felt like I could quote unquote lead them. Cause you know, everyone wants to feel like they have a role on the team. Um, Mm -hmm. There's older people on the team, such as myself. There's younger people on the team, such as like Katie Grimes, who's like 16 or something, just learned how to drive. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, but everyone wants to feel like they like, have a role within Team USA because it is such an exclusive club to be a part of Mm -hmm. there's only like 52 spots or something like that so that some last summer like being voted captain was like super super cool because I remember seeing Beisel's captain and Matthew Grievers as captain and like and Ryan as like captain too and I'm like I feel like I could do that and, and so being like voter captain is really really cool and that kind of like gave me the confidence like oh like the person I am is a good person um and so you know everyone's different everyone has their quirks and I feel like they should all be celebrated and it's not a reason to dislike someone um you know it's like you have Katie and you have Lily King, two very different personalities, but I love each of them for so many different reasons. And so I think being able to be the glue that like you know that one person in the middle of a web that people can go to for this and that, I like take a lot of pride in. so that's probably why.
2: That's a great insight And at this past worlds on the first few days the the. US team you know wasn't getting the golds like everyone expects yeah. the US to get every time and rowdy and them were like, oh, Who are the captains that are going to step up and what are they going to do? Could you tell us more just kind of what that dynamic is on like the national team or at a big meet and what the captains do or how much they are involved?
1: Yeah, being a captain... um... Okay, so I'm. it's hard to like express, I guess. Basically, being a captain is you do exactly what you were doing to become a captain, if that makes sense. Like you don't have to... That was a big thing with me. I was, like, super nervous after our meeting of voting captains. Like, okay, so what do I do? Like, how do I do this? And Ryan and Caleb were, like, you were obviously voted captain for a reason. So, like, don't (laughs) change anything. So, in that respect, captains don't necessarily, like, do anything. They kind of wrangle the people who are, like, you know, outliers. Like, hey, come over here. You know, things like that. They kind of run... The team meetings, yeah, they just they just bring everybody together. I think, as far as a uh, inspiration standpoint, they serve a purpose because people are inspired by them. That's why they want them to lead this group. And so, it's all about being open and being able to compartmentalize what you're trying to do in a meet, and compartmentalize if you see someone struggling. Like so, last season, Leah Hayes it was her first world. I mean, honestly, it was my first world, but you know what I mean. Like this was her first, like. National team trip, and she was about to. She had just finished semis of the two hundred IM. It's day one, I think. Yeah, I think it was day one. It was early in the meet, and I can only put myself in her shoes. She's fifteen. She's trying to win. This is her first everything, and she's trying to win a medal. I can only imagine how nervous she is. So, like, my role as a captain and just like my personality in general is to check after her, like to be like, hey explain to me like if you need to how you're feeling you can vent like this isn't one of those things where I need to give you advice because I've been in your shoes before you just need to vent you just need to tell someone how nervous you are and you may feel better so it's things like that where you kind of have to be more dialed into like what your teammates are doing to kind of help them through as well as worry about yourself too so it is like a double-edged sword um such an honor though first and foremost but those are the kind of things you do Um, Everyone has different strengths, though. I know this is a long winded answer, but like Leah was captain and she's more crafty and more motherly type. Um, So she had the girls doing craft the night night before Worlds and like getting them ready that way and like kind of taking the stress off where that's not my strong suit. So every captain comes with their own strengths to help the team.
0: Yeah. I just wanted to share a quick story of mine. Cause, um, I, I think you, you said Ryan earlier talking about Murphy. Um, he was his first international team was a Pan Ams team that I was a captain on and it was my last international team. And, um, And so but you're right. Like I I share, too, in some of your observation about the experience of being voted a captain and then also kind of how you find what your role is within the team, because um, my my role, I, I was not a team captain at Auburn, but my but my role within the team was very different than what. I felt like my role was as a team captain on team USA. And so like, that's part of the job too is realizing kind of what the team dynamic is and Mm -hmm. what's needed and then finding your way into the best position for, for that team, whether that just be, you know, a resource for people who are new or maybe there are some specifics about how to navigate a situation, et cetera. So, um, uh, but I, I remember joking with Murph about that, that it's just like, wow, was, given that he's kind of the elder statesman now or one of and has had such a long career that that's that's where it started between the two of us. Yeah, Um, I wanted to talk about, uh, especially as you you mentioned this, like almost 30, you know, and and swimming. Uh, you can't exist in the sport for that long without developing a lot of your, your livelihood and your personality and the things that are important to you outside of swimming. Like you're not only a swimmer Yeah. and, um, you've got a lot of things going on outside of the pool. Uh, you do some cool stuff with the business on the side with luminary. Um, Mm -hmm. curious just to hear about you outside of the pool deck, like what's, what's going on in your life. What do you love doing? What's happening you know between workouts and uh how do you look at kind of your identity now uh, maybe compared to you know your early days when maybe yeah. it was a more swimming forward
1: yeah I mean it's kind of hard not to have swimming consume your life because like to be really good it kind of has to sometimes like there's there's a time for it so I think realizing that is the biggest thing but yeah I'm I'm starting to like experiment outside of swimming to kind of see what I would like when I'm done swimming because um, sadly enough, when I stopped swimming in 2016, I told my mom, I was like, mom, I feel like I've been dropped into Times Square with not a map or destination. (laughs) And it was the worst feeling ever. Like I felt so lost. I didn't know, I hadn't put any thought into life after swimming, what I wanted to do this. I just wanted to get out of the sport because I was like doing so bad. So now that things are coming to an end, I'm like, okay, well, what are my goals for the end of my career? Like, what do I want to happen when I take my suit off for the last time? And part of that is I'd like a job. (laughs) I'd like (laughs) to have, like, something to do, you know, that can, like, sustain my lifestyle. Um, So meeting people, number one. Uh, Not necessarily networking because that kind of puts the negative connotation on, like, Hi, I need a job. How are you? Like, I don't <laughs> want that. I just want to meet cool people. And so I'm part of the USA Swimming Foundation. Um, I became part of that, like, last year, I think. Oh, cool. Um, So that's one of those things I never thought I would be a part of. But because of my platform and the way that I've handled myself, I'm really proud that, like, they want me to be a part of that as an ambassador, along with Chase and Ryan. And um, Ryan has been so good. And so has Chase about like kind of helping me along, navigate this being an ambassador. Um, Cause you meet some really, really influential influential people. You meet really cool personalities. You meet people like that have jobs that you would never want to do, but they're really interesting. Like sleep doctors, like I'm not gonna be a sleep doctor, but like, let me ask you some questions so I can come better at sleep. So being a part of being an ambassador for the USA Swimming Foundation, um, And slowly getting involved with that is really cool. takes up a little bit of my time. Like, in August, I'm going to my first MLB game for Swim Night, which is put on by USA Swimming Foundation. So I'll be able to meet really cool people, watch an MLB game. I'm kind of getting into baseball, so it's really cool. Which game? Um, It's the Red Sox versus the Royals on the 9th of August. So um, is it a bad game?
2: (laughs) They both stink. They suck right now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry.
1: Well, I just, like, I've gotten into baseball, like, um, as you guys know, the Gators went to the finals of the College World Series. We did not win, but we were there at the end, which is a really cool experience, like, for everyone who loves the Gators. But, anyways, um, that takes my time up. Luminary takes my time up because that is, like I said, that's a puzzle that's never going to get solved, and I enjoy putting stuff together that I'm never going to be able to replicate because I don't like have a pattern for making uh tap wall tapestries. And that also allows me to meet people too, that just come out of the woodworks and are just really interested in my story. Like, Oh, someone who's an elite swimmer who also has like a business. Like, so that's really cool. That takes up some time. um, And my social circle, like, I'm not like a very social person at all. I'm actually like a very, very a very big homebody, mm-hmm. but I think it's important to have a balance. Um, in Athens, guys, you wouldn't believe me if I told you about. In Athens, I didn't do anything. Like I, I could have stayed. I stayed inside forty eight hours over the weekend and didn't have a problem with it, because that was my life. Like swimming was my life, and I was like, look, I want to make this team. And I am going to, that's why I'm here. It's a business transaction. And I'm going to make this team. <laughs> and so once I made the team, I was like, okay, now let's start to like have some balance mm-hmm. <laughs> and like friends and like things to do. So, um, I love to eat. So, you know, I got to eat, things like that, but it's kind of just always in the back of my mind, I'm always trying to figure out how can I keep swimming in my life when I'm done competing, mm-hmm. um, whether that be clinics or grants or coming up with foundations. And like, obviously that's a huge thing. So it's a very slow process, but those are things I want to do. I want to help um, minorities be exposed. So they have the option to try to swim at a higher level, because one thing I have was resources and I'm very grateful yeah. for that. I had, two, I had a mom and a dad who, never were never needed to tell me no, never needed to say, not this month or not next month, but anything I wanted to do, it was it was available for me to do it. I was able to travel. I was able to go to juniors at fourteen and like get my butt whooped. So I was like, okay, I need to go back home and do it again. They're yeah. always there to to be in the stands, to pay for a suit, to pay for bags, travel, all of it. And I know a lot yeah. of minorities they don't have that. So yeah. um exposure that's something I'm really really passionate about is like figuring out how I can do that in my own way so those are things that like keep me up at night
3: (laughs) I think that's a good exposure in your own way if I was to my only knowledge of you is what I see on social and your websites I've met you or talked to you but I definitely got a huge sense of that Natalie Hines is an artist it's a really good design aesthetic i love your web i love your logo on your website
1: thank you
3: i love your um you know your your woven work your needlepoint um you know you're a true artist and a good artist has empathy and and it's able to understand and 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 also have confidence in who who they are and what they're about and i've got i've got the sense in this discussion the last 45 minutes is that you know you talk about your resume and your plan and what you're about you 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 definitely seem to have a, a strong sense of um of making sure that you are aligned to what you where you want to go and what you want to be. I get yeah. that sense. And with Thank that, you. you have to align with brands as well. You know, USA swimming has been driving that for you. As you've mentioned, uh, you've been involved with the lead sports clinic that Carolyn and Rebecca has done. And that's also yeah. really important to give back and mentorship. And also you from your Instagram, I don't know, but you're aligned to a brand um, arena that, that has raised a co- um, consciousness about pride about planet water. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's really important for you, I'm assuming, the, the whole alignment and consciousness and, and, and having a plan of who you are and where you're going.
1: Yeah, so, definitely. Yeah. I um I don't have many sponsorships, but I'm okay with that because, like, you guys don't know this about me, but I love skincare and I love self-care and in general, which obviously skincare falls under, but I've been given brands of skincare that, uh like earlier on my instagram La roche posse which is a really cool skincare brand um (laughs) they were like we would love to send you some stuff and you would have thought i like won the lottery i'm like oh my god this was on my like this was my goal to be with a skincare brand not that i'm with them but to be able to like interact with a skincare brand that Mm -hmm. like i wanted to interact with was such a big win for me um so yeah like as you said luke During quarantine, I want to say, when I had all that time (laughs) in rural Alabama to sit and think like, what is my purpose? Mm -hmm. And that's a big daunting question, but like one that you can kind of chip away at. And uh, I kind of made it smaller to what is my platform in swimming? Like, what is my purpose besides swimming fast and representing Team USA? Because it's going to come to an end one day. Mm -hmm. Um, And those are the things I came up with. I was like, I want to be with with a suit brand. Mm -hmm. um i like arena because it is not a huge conglomeration um it's small especially usa arena um is smaller um obviously i want the suit to fit but it's always been my dream to partner with a swim brand or with a suit company and um like you said they're very like all inclusive and i really appreciate that about them and they're we had a summit last year. They're always trying to figure out new ways to be better. They're always listening to us. Like, um, So yes, I've thoroughly thought about like everything you're seeing. I've thoroughly already thought about and mm-hmm. I continue to think about um, so that, like you said, when you go to my Instagram page or you go to my website, you know mm-hmm. what I'm about. And mm-hmm. um, it's not a matter of, Oh, I wonder if she would do this. It's like, Oh, I see that she's done this. Mm -hmm. let me see if she would like to do this it seems like Mm -hmm. it'd be up her alley and so Mm -hmm. the inquiries that I get um they're all mostly they're usually right up my alley it's just a matter of time commitment um and things Mm -hmm. like that so I'm proud of myself for that and I obviously am really hard on myself I'm my own biggest critic so sometimes I don't feel like that but um now that I've had time to sit and reflect which is a good important time to have I've been able to be like you know what You have so many things going for yourself. um, So it's just important to take advantage of, you know, those opportunities going forward.
0: Hell yeah. Great advice. Let's wrap it up with some rapid fire, Natalie. All right, let's do it. What's the hardest race in swimming?
1: Hunter, for your two back.
0: Olympic gold or world record?
1: Oh my God. We had this discussion all throughout practice. (laughs) Olympic gold or world record? Olympic gold. Nobody can take that away from you, but they can take a world record away from you.
0: Do you pee in the pool?
1: Yeah, every day.
0: <laughs> What's your go to snack at a swim meet?
1: Uh, Gatorade chews, gummies.
0: What's the slowest acceptable reaction time for a sprinter?
1: 0.75.
0: Who's got the best <laughs> nails in swimming? I do. <laughs> What's the most annoying thing that a teammate can do in practice? Oh, lost her. Hibachi may have died. Mm, I was
2: going to say it went like that. Oh, yeah. All right. Pause right there. Let me. uh, Was that like an hour 30 or hour 40 ish, maybe? Yeah. Bringing it back in. Wait, it just
1: kicked me out. It kicked me out. Okay. Yeah. I don't know why. No, you're fine. All right.
2: right,
0: It'll be an easy way to. good uh intersection there okay let's keep it going um what's the most annoying thing that a teammate can do in practice
1: ask when we're leaving or what's the (laughs) interval (laughs) Pay attention yes what
0: race in your what race in your career brought you the most satisfaction
1: um that's not rapid. I'm sorry. <laughs> <But> <laughs> That's my, right. my, my, Let's unpack. <laughs> my most proud swim would probably be... Mm, my last summer's national championship final. Because I was not thinking I was nervous. And I became unbelievably nervous. And it was one of those like get-yourself-together type of things. Like I knew I could do it. And I wanted it on my resume. And so that mm. swim... Um, after having COVID is what I'm most proud of.
0: Good for you. What time does it take in the 100 free to make the Olympic team next year?
1: Uh, fifty-three, six, seven.
0: Okay. How often do you guys do social kick in, at Florida? Once a,
1: once a season. <laughs> 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 I'll give you uh, under
0: five. <laughs> under five can we count on you to influence that oh, what do i need to do submit a letter to Nesty? come on an anonymous, a anonymous letter yes <laughs> natalie uh it's easy to see why uh you came so highly recommended from all of your peers and uh thank you. so good on you for having um that kind of presence about you for showing up for people that way and um thank you so much for Um, granting us some some time Um, oh of
1: course I hope I lived up to the expectations
0: (laughs) oh we appreciate it so much look forward to watching you race over the next year and however long you do and excited to know the person behind the cap and goggles as always so thank you I appreciate it thanks guys that's it for this episode of social kick we'll see you next time hey everybody thanks for hanging out with us if you're enjoying social kick tell your friends about it and be sure to tell us what you liked by leaving a comment and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Instagram. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel, The Social Kick, and you can find all of our content on our website,